On this episode of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast, I sit down with Maryland right-handed pitcher Taylor Bloom to talk about his three years in College Park and what in the world is a misprinted outfield sign doing in his backyard. Plus, Connor Newcomb talks with MLB.com writer William Bohr to discuss how Brandon Lau and Lamont Wade are faring in the early portion of the Arizona Fall League season. Here we go. This is the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. Here's your host, Justin Galanti. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 42 of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. As you just heard, I am Justin Galanti, and I thank you for rejoining us for the October edition of this podcast. A fun one coming up today as we talked with Maryland right-hand pitcher Taylor Bloom as we enter the late portion of October, early part of November. Yes, I said it, November. It's already here. Before you know it, you will be basting turkeys, making gravy, pouring it on mashed potatoes, having pumpkin pie, and celebrating Thanksgiving. But before everyone can head home for the holidays, Maryland still has the Fall World Series coming up next week, which is exciting because it will be real baseball, inter-squad scrimmages, there will be umpires, there will be coaches, there will be competition, the whole nine yards, and we will have all the coverage, as always, here on the Maryland Baseball Network. As for this podcast, now we go to our first interview with Taylor Bloom, who's been in College Park seemingly forever, excelling on the mound as a weekend starter the last couple of years for Maryland, and I got to talk to him about everything ranging from his experiences the last three years, his expectations for this year, going through a coaching change, having three different pitching coaches in three years, and as you heard earlier, how did he get a giant misprinted outfield fence into his backyard? Now joined by Taylor Bloom, Maryland right-handed pitcher here on the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. Taylor, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, no problem. So this is your third time on the podcast. Hope this one's your favorite experience, but you'll let me know after, I guess, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, so we'll get started with this. This summer, you took the summer off from playing baseball, at least in a league. You were supposed to go up to the Cape, but you threw quite a bit last year. What were you up to over the summer? Uh, I was just trying to get my body where it needs to be. Um just getting myself stronger. Uh, I lost like 15 to 20 pounds of body fat this summer, so I was just really working hard, lifting, running, just trying to get my body where it needs to be to uh, have success this year and hopefully go on and play professional baseball. Now, in sports, there's a lot of talk about these ridiculous diets and stuff that people go on. Was there something specific you had to do? I mean, is only celery every meal or something weird like that? No, not really. I mean, it's just eating better um, is really the, the main focus. I mean... I've always ate pretty well, but just going that extra mile, just do a little bit more, um, really helped me out. So last year was an interesting one for you. It started with you as the Saturday starter, and your year kind of went as the team's year went, where it was a little bit of a struggle early, and then the middle to maybe, I guess, the last two months of the year, you were the Taylor Bloom that everyone yeah. learned to come and love, or whatever the phrase is. What do you think changed for you in the middle of the year? I don't know, man. I think... Um, not throwing in the fall, I think, kind of hurt me last year. Uh, I didn't get to, like, find out where I was at that time. Um, but then again, it was good and it was bad because I threw over 100 innings and it was 
it was a good plan to not throw, you know, rest my arm for the season. But uh, I feel like I kind of had to play catch up towards the middle of the end of the year because I just wasn't who I was in the beginning of the year. So it was kind of just like a thing where I got to scramble to find out, you know, who I am, like what I what I did when I was having success. And it finally caught up at the end where I started having success again. So now this fall, have you changed anything to try and make it so you're ready from jumpstart in 2018? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had struggles this fall, just like um, anybody else would have. Um, but my last time out last week, it was really good, made progress. Um, and like me and Coach Mascara said, now is the time that you is the time to figure figure things out. You know what you're struggling with, so that when the season comes, you're 100 percent full blast, ready to go. It seemed like last year one of the pitches that you really found when you started having a lot of success was that curveball uh, yeah. th- that's clocked anywhere between what, <laughs> 59 to, yeah. to 61. Some people like to say it's gravity that yeah. brings it down. Is that true, or is there something you're doing? Um, I mean, I really, obviously, I'm a fastball changeup pitcher. Chance my best pitch. Everybody knows that, and um, I just didn't have it last year, so it was kind of like that thing where I needed another pitch, you know. And um, that was kind of oh, not the equalizer, but I just needed something else to go to, you know what I mean, to uh, somebody else to throw besides a fastball because my champ just wasn't there. And um, me and Muscara have worked this fall to get it back because it wasn't really where it was right in my first couple outings. And last week it was really good. It was it was the changeup that I had freshman, sophomore year, you know, all year. So it's really good to see. Does that make you even more confident now that you say, okay, I have three pitchers. I knew that changeup was always there. Yeah. Now I found it again. And now it's not just fastball changeup, Taylor Bloom. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, now that I have my fastball changeup back, it's, it's really good to have that third pitch to flick in there, you know, just to keep the batters off balance and, it's a little harder this year. <laughs> it's not around the 60-mile-an-hour range. It's more of a hard slider, but, uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss seeing 59 <laughs> yeah. on the big board. And it was pretty funny. Wow, strike one. It was pretty funny. One interesting part of your year last year not only was how it went statistically, but you moved back and forth between Saturday and Sunday. Started yeah. started on Saturdays, moved to Sundays when Tyler Blum was pitching so well, yeah. and then you finished the year as the Saturday starter. What effect did that have on you? Um. We did that just because clearly I wasn't who who I was and like usually was and it, I think it was just kind of like a, okay let's let's change something up you know see if it see if it gets me back to where I was and uh, I think it worked I mean the one Sunday outing if I recall I think I had a pretty good outing and it was kind of like all right now well, he's kind of back so let's bump him back to where he was you know and it seemed like there was I can't remember the exact week but there was a Sunday I believe you started in didn't last all that long into the game, and then you yeah. threw on Tuesday, I think against yeah. West Virginia, and then after that, it seemed like you really took yeah, off. Yeah, was yeah. that? I mean, that's not something you see very often. What did that do for you? That was kind of frustrating, but at the same time, it was something that needed to be done. Um, clearly, like um, going from like a midweek starter my freshman year to full weekend starter, didn't miss a start sophomore year. It was kind of like I'm going backwards, you know, like I'm starting a midweek game, um, but it was kind of like redoing it all over again. Mm-hmm. Like my freshman year going from midweek to start on the weekend. And now it was, it was really just like doing it all over again, you know, which is, I, I it clearly did something good. So yeah, absolutely. So start of the summer, you guys end up making it to the Winston Salem regional. You win yeah. a game from UMBC, but lose twice to West Virginia, get knocked out a few weeks later. The news comes down uh, that John chef left for Virginia tech to yeah. the head coach job there. Before we get to everything that happened after, what was your reaction to that? And as someone who's 
been around here since yeah. before Under Armour was even. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, as a leader of the team, what was the interactions like when that news came down? Um, I mean, it was kind of, it was upsetting. I mean, but that's baseball, you know. It's baseball is, it's just like not the big leagues, but I mean, it it's, has, a it, it's a business. It has to do with money, you know. And uh, Coach Chef, I mean, there's there was no hard feelings whatsoever, neither with Fecto either. I mean. They're going to do what is best for them, you know what I mean? Just like what I would do the best. And I wish both of them the best of luck there. Like, there's no hard feelings. So I'll, I'll keep in touch with those guys for forever. And, um, yeah, just it was something they needed to do. And now we're going to flip a new page, and it'll be hopefully even better, you know? A couple weeks after that, new news comes down. Rob Vaughn's the head coach here. Yeah. Everybody else in the staff's moving up a little bit. Corey Muscara is the new yeah. pitching coach. Now, I heard that when Rob Vaughn was hired, the first thing – that anyone asked him was you asking, <laughs> "Do we still have to wear stirrups?" Yeah. Is that true? And what's the answer? It was. I mean, it was kind. Of, it was kind of a joke, you know. It was like kind of a congratulations <laughs> thing. So um, clearly, it's nice to keep someone around that's been here, you know. But it was kind of a joke because um, you know, Coach Chef was a big pants up guy, and like, I don't know. I'm just. I don't right. want. I don't want any pants down <laughs> guys here now. Well, I'm definitely a pants down guy, so it was kind of like a joke and. Before, like, Chef left and everything, we would always joke about it. You know, me and Swope would joke, like, man, we need pants down. So it was definitely, like, a joke and a congratulate thing. So. Coach Vaughn said you think you look more athletic with yeah. your pants down, and he said you don't look athletic no matter what. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? Uh, my thought on that is I think I look a little more athletic now. You know, I put in a lot of work this summer, so. <laughs> okay. So, other than head coach, we mentioned his name a few times, Corey Muscara is the new pitching coach. Before we talk about what you've specifically worked on with him, this is now three pitching coaches in three years for you. Yeah. Jimmy Bellinger, Ryan Fecto, and now Coach Muscara. For someone on the outside, that can seem like not a big deal, or it could seem like a big deal. How yeah. big of a deal is it? I think it's like a good and a bad thing at the same time. I mean... Yeah, going through three pitching coaches in four years is kind of tough. You don't really get to develop, like, a relationship. And they don't know how, like, for example, Muscara doesn't know, like, how I pitch. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't seen me previously. And, like, with Ballinger, he was with me for two years. So he got the favorite thing out the first year. And then the second year, it's like, okay, you're doing this wrong. You know what I mean? He, he knows what the fix is. Same thing with Fecto. I didn't really know. So right. it was kind of like I got to figure things out on my own. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, Moose is a great guy. I think he's awesome for this program. Um, I'm really excited to get started with him uh, in the, the spring. And now he's someone that I've been told doesn't sleep. He has yeah. tons and tons of energy. What are you, What were your first impressions? Were you like, oh, this guy's kind of nuts? Or? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But what's you know what's the relationship now? And at least from my perspective, I would think, look, a guy like Taylor Bloom, who's been one of the best pitchers and most used pitchers on the team for three years, coming back for his senior year, that has to help a new pitching coach. Do you feel like you've helped at all the transition? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, like I said, I was here in the summer, and I mean, he jumped on board before the fall started, and they had summer camps and everything. So I got to know him pretty much before any of the other guys. Um, and uh, when we jumped into fall, it was kind of like I was kind of like a right-hand man, you know. I already knew all the stuff that he was going to show all the guys and everything. So it was kind of just like I could be right there by his side and show him, like, all right, this is how this is done, this is how that is done, that kind of thing. Another guy that left last year was Brian Schaefer, got drafted pretty early by the Arizona Diamondbacks. And 
you and Brian from pretty much the start of your freshman year through the end of last year, consistent members of the rotation and then the yeah. weekend rotation. What was your relationship like with Brian? How much did you learn from him? How happy were you for him yeah. when you heard that name called pretty early? I mean, it was awesome to uh, hear his name called that early. I think it's, I mean, I'm like one of his best friends. We, we were roomed together, put together freshman year from day one. So like me and him were side by side every step of the way when it came to like pitching and everything, going through everything, ups and downs, that kind of thing. Um, and I learned a lot from him. I mean, um, I think we're two different types of pitchers, but mentally, I think we brought a lot of the same things to the table and uh, we kind of fed off each other, especially sophomore year. We had like a little battle going all year, you know, like a friendly battle. A lot of complete yeah, games, a yeah. lot of dominant performances. Yeah, and I think that really contributed to our success, you know, that, that year. Now, Brian's gone. You're still here. A couple other guys left. Jared Price graduates. Ryan Selmer drafted by the Mets. Jamal Wade. I mean, wow, turns into an outfielder, yeah. and then he goes, and he's dominating yeah. uh, minor league baseball right now. You're back, and then another member of the re- weekend rotation is back, Tyler Blum. You're both from Severna Park. Yeah. What was that like last year? I, I know you didn't go to the same high school, but yeah. you're, from, you're from the same place. Did you know Tyler before he came here, and what was it like being here with him? Yeah, it's funny. Me and him actually pitched together, or pitched against each other, uh, I think it was my junior year at Riverdale, and um, it was like his first start in high school, so... It was a little crazy. I mean, like, I didn't know who he was. He he said he knew who I was. Um, so he said he was a little, he was a little rattled down because I mean, first start, you know, throwing it, pitching against a pretty good program in Riverdale. Um, and yeah, I mean, after that, I knew who he was, and then he got here, and I, you know, he was big name through Severn Park and Spalding and all that. So I knew he was coming in, and I just thought it was funny, you know, the name thing, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, there's actually, that great video yeah. from last year. I'm Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Taylor Bloom. I'm Tyler Bloom. I mean, it blew up on Twitter. Yeah. Now everyone knows, I think. Yeah. Uh, but a fun, fun story for you, I guess. Um, yeah. This summer, Tyler was pitching against us, and my broadcast partner. I don't know if he wasn't focused or anything yeah. like that, but he did all his prep for the game on you. Yeah. And then we got to the game. I said, <laughs> "That's not who's pitching." Yeah. So I think the that's, confusion's that's been funny. cleared up a little bit. Yeah. But. You know, last weekend, or excuse me, last year, something that was unique, at least in the conference, was that you guys had a consistent weekend rotation. Now, sometimes Tyler would start on Saturdays, yeah. sometimes you would start on Saturdays, but it was the same three the whole year. Yeah. What kind of relationship did you develop between the three of you? How much did you help each other? Stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, me and Shafe obviously um, helped Tyler a little bit. I mean, he's definitely established, you know, coming in here uh, as a freshman, definitely. Um but, you know, just kind of like mental things. Well, small pitches to give them here and there because, you know, high school is way different from college, you know, especially when it comes to, like, the mental game and stuff. Um, but, yeah, me and him, like, we were kind of just best friends from right from the start just because, like, yeah, the name thing. But, like, we just got along together really well right right when he got here. So, yeah. As we sit here, it's October 23rd, which is amazing. This yeah. year's flying by. But we're a good portion of the way into fall ball. What has the atmosphere been like around the team? When I've been around, it's been I've been criticized for not having enough juice. <laughs> so that can tell you something. What's the energy like around the team? Uh, it's great. I mean, we like showing up there every every night, um, evening, night, whatever. Uh, it's it's just it's really fun to just get after it every single day. You know, just I know like the whole, the the juice thing this year is probably one of my favorite things. Cause yeah. It just yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make it dreary you know it makes it like 
positive. You know what I mean? The, there's nothing worse than showing up and there's just like negativity and complaining going on. When you show up every day and it's fun and there's energy, it just it makes it a good time. I bet there's a lot of people out there who can't imagine being excited to go to practice every single yeah. day, but you you guys genuinely are, and that's yeah. you know a pretty awesome thing. You see AJ Lee sometimes playing shortstop, mostly dancing, yeah, <laughs> uh, things like that. Everybody's having a good time. Yeah. Now, since we're a good portion of the way into fall ball, the fall World Series is next week. You've had a chance to see everyone. Who have you been really impressed with? Has there been a freshman or transfer or somebody coming back that you said, wow, this guy's a lot you yeah. know, better than he was last year? Um, a freshman that really sticks out to me on the hitting side is definitely Tommy Gardner. That guy's having himself a fall, um, especially just because not a knock on or anything, but like just physically, you know, he doesn't look um, physically mature and everything. But the way that kid plays is like he's – Six five two fifty, you know what I mean? Like, so um, but yeah, he's he he's hitting all around the park and everything, and he he plays hard, and it's really good to watch. Um, on the pitching side, probably uh, Mark Deluia, he looks really good. He's probably uh, he's really established, you know. Um, Kevin Bionica, one of my roommates, he said uh, they're both from Chicago and everything. So even before he got here, Bionica was like, yeah, like that kid's gonna be good for us, and uh, yeah, I think he's gonna live live up to that. Has Kevin Biondic ever tried to convince you that deep dish pizza is good? No, I, that's actually funny. We've never, never really talked about it. I think, I think it was my freshman or sophomore year. We went we were, when we were in Chicago. We got like the deep dish pizza. It's not good. <laughs> it, is it's, it? Uh, it was all right. I like normal pizza. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right, and we're talking New York pizza here. We're not talking yeah, Domino's yeah. or yeah, Papa yeah. John's. We need yeah. real pizza. Kevin's someone to talk about though. Kevin yeah. went up to the Northwoods League and then. Boom, he's a two-way player now. He had a yeah. great summer with the bat, and he's a pitcher, and he's throwing knuckleballs. Yeah. Just talk about that. Um, I mean, I talked to him over the summer a little bit, and I heard that he was pitching, and I'm just like, that's great. I mean, I know he was – he was. He told me he's, he was a pretty good pitcher in high school, but uh, clearly we need the help. You know, we're a little short on pitching this year. Um, and the thing about his, him is, like, very similar to me. We're just like a fierce competitor, you know what I mean? Like – fiery competitor um he's gonna give it his all when he's up there on the mound throwing knuckleballs and whatnot um <laughs> and he's also gonna swing it too he's also having a really good fall now this on the hitting side this team this program maybe starting to get a reputation of converting guys i mean jamal yeah. wade went from a seldom used outfielder to somebody who's leaving after his junior year to get drafted yeah, yeah. that's pretty impressive stuff and not a lot of programs i think would encourage that yeah. You know, you yeah. come in, you're an outfielder, you're an outfielder. Yeah. Mike Racino did it too, turned from a, yeah. an infielder to a pitcher. What does that say about the freedom the coaching staff has given you guys? And I know it's a little bit of a new staff now, but still yeah. the same concept. I, I think it just shows that they kind of build athletes, you know what I mean, not just a one-way street. Um, the thing with Jamal, like, clearly he was a hitter, and then he goes from both, and then he's just a pitcher, you know. Um, I think is going to do both this year, and mm -hmm. I think he'll probably do them both pretty well. Um, same thing with Racino, you know, he was – hitter and came full-time pitcher um unfortunately went down with an injury but uh yeah so let's talk about you a little bit i don't think it's unfair to say that you might be one of the top 10 most experienced players in america like most experienced <laughs> pitchers in america let's just run down the, these numbers over three years 15 and 10 a 3.24 era 47 games 36 starts and you've thrown exactly 225 innings that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. 
Are you washed up or are you excited? <laughs> no, man, I'm just getting started. Come on. There we go. <clears throat> what does it mean to you? I mean, that you've been a relied on member of this team for three years and certainly you're four. Uh, I mean, it's awesome. You know, it's kind of like what you dream of when you commit to a place like this, you know. Um, having, like, success like that is what you expect when you sign that, you know, that letter of intent or whatever, um, just to come here and give it your all and see what, uh, see what the numbers produce, you know, at the end, all, that's all said and done. How has your role changed from freshman year breaking into the rotation to now where everybody knows who Taylor Bloom is, yeah. everybody's looking up to you as somebody who's had success here for a long time? Um, you know, it's kind of like when I came in, you know, new guy, nobody knows who you really are. Um, and now it's like I've thrown against all the Big Ten teams, you know, um, on the weekends and everything. And big, big name schools, LSU, all that, you know, UCLA. Um, it's definitely cool to see your name put out there, you know. Um, but, I mean, you just got to keep producing, you know, you got to keep getting better. Keep getting your name out there more, I guess. <laughs> now this year – What's the personal goal for you? Uh, I don't know, man. Honestly, well, that's good. You don't <laughs> team goals. It, yeah, is, I, is it Omaha? Uh, yeah, hundred percent has to be right. Yeah, every year. There's no. I mean, that's the goal. There's no other goal. You know, that's what it is. And just to clear up for everyone, the Big Ten tournament's in Omaha this year, but that's yeah. not what we're talking about. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You have to get there first, but yeah, talking about the College World Series, and you know, the coaching staff has talked a lot about. If that's not your goal, if you don't think you're going to get there, then why play the game? That's exactly right, yeah. If I you, mean, like, as a program and, like, what we're trying to build here, you know, like, if if your goal isn't to win a national championship, then this isn't the place for you, you know what I mean? And there's there's other aspects to it. Yeah, you want to do good personally, but if you focus on the team's success, your personal success is going to follow right then, right, right behind it, you know? People might not know this about you, might not have guessed it about you, let's say. You're a pretty mild-mannered guy, things like that. But you're one of the goofballs on the team. <laughs> and that came out at the Big Ten tournament last yeah. year when we saw John Gruden Bloom in, <laughs> yeah. in the dugout with the play chart and the paper cup yeah. headset and everything yeah. going on. I mean, were you got, what, were, what were we there for? Two days before you guys actually played a game? Yeah, that was, that was brutal. Um, Did you guys get bored and started thinking of this stuff or what? I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> you know, that was kind of like our MO last year was we were a little crazy, a little rowdy and everything. Um, I know it, like you said, I've seen real mellow and stuff, but when it comes down to game start, you know, it's, it's all energy and fun. You know, I just try to have as much fun as possible because it's a game. You know what I mean? Why not have fun with it? Absolutely. No, I'm having fun. I hope you're having fun. Yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a video that, we saw on Twitter, I believe it was Foul Sports, yeah. and it was you narrating a video of your house where yeah. there is a panel from an outfield fence that yeah. says Super Regional Champions. Yeah. Now, that same exact panel is on the right center field fence yeah. at Bob Turtle Smith Stadium, but it just says Super Regional 2014-2015. Um, what's the origin, and how did that get to your house? So, I'm pretty sure... Um after we won freshman year, uh, regionals freshman year, I guess when we had the plans for the new field or something, they made the wall that said Super Regional Champions when we didn't actually win the Super. We just went to the Super. And uh, Kevin Smith, Jamal Wade, um, Andrew Bechtel when he was here, they, like, I don't know if they coordinated with Swope or somebody, but they, 
they took the wall that was extra and they put it up in their varsity apartment. Um, so then when we moved, we got a house this year. We're like, well, Kevin Smith was leaving, Jamal was leaving, so we're like, we'll take it, you know. Um, so it's just, it's kind of, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool little thing to have at the house. I mean, we got a lot of publicity through Powerpole, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's just, you don't really see that <laughs> up the wall in the backyard, which is, it's pretty cool. How people, big people, is that thing? People like it. It's, I mean, it's, it's actual outfield wall size, so it was how not did you, How fun. did you get it from it the varsity? It was not to... fun getting it over there. Well, when we moved in, we had a U-Haul and everything, so okay. we, yeah. But taking it down five flights of stairs wasn't fun. I, I can't imagine that. Now, yeah. are there any activities that, do you guys just like rob home runs over the fence for fun? or is it Not really. It's, it's more just a decoration kind of thing. So. It, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. That's one of two Maryland baseball videos that's gone viral. Yeah. This fall, the other is AJ Lee dancing at practice, yeah. and there's all these captions. Uh, you you know when when teacher cancels class Monday morning, <laughs> stuff like that. So here's the question: Which viral video was better, AJ dancing or you very quietly narrating a fence? I don't know. I'm pro- I'm gonna have to go with mine. I mean, it was put on foul pole and everything. You know, and I that's got, a pretty big I deal. Can't, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't let down my house squad. You know. <laughs> We got pride over there. You've done a lot here. And you pitched, like you said, in regionals, in yeah. super regionals. You pitched at LSU last year. You pitched all over the place. Yeah. What's your best memory from College Park? From College Park or like playing? Fr- from playing for Maryland? Um, it's de- definitely still winning the regional my freshman year. Um, you know, being put on that big stage to start the final, the championship game was – um, some I'll never forget, you know, every moment of it. Um, I replay it in my mind all the time, you know, like dog clown on that field is probably, it was unbelievable. You know, it's one of the best feelings ever just winning a championship like that with your, your literally your brothers, you know, it's, it's something that you can't, can't forget. So. You're a senior now. You've been here three years. Unfortunately, after this year, you can't come back. Yeah. What do you want to take out of this year? Um, I just want to leave it all out there, you know. Um, not everyone gets a chance to play college baseball. Um, so, I just don't want to have any regrets, you know. I want to give it my all and hopefully end up in a dog pile on, in Omaha, you know. Well, other than the dog pile, that's what I hope to do on this podcast. Leave it all out there. Yeah. No regrets. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, no problem. Our thanks again to Taylor Bloom for joining us here on the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. And now a fun chat between Connor Newcomb and William Bourne, MLB.com writer who covers the Arizona Fall League, to discuss how two former Terps, Brandon Lau and Lamont Wade, are faring as they get going in their Arizona Fall League seasons. by Arizona Fall League writer for MLB.com, William Bohr. William, how you doing today? Thanks for being on the podcast. Doing well. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. And so just before we get into the Maryland guys, just covering the Arizona, Arizona Fall League, you know, what's that like? Is it kind of like a niche coverage? Are a lot of people looking to you to see what's going on in Arizona? 
Yeah, uh, there's not not a ton of media out here, but the Arizona Fall League, if you cover prospects or are into prospects, the Arizona Fall League is such a fun time of year because there's so many top-notch prospects in one spot. I mean, you go to a minor league game, aside from, I guess, the Futures game, you go to a minor league game across the country in April, May or something, and, you know, there's some good players, but, you know, there's some also not-so-good players. You come here and everyone is everyone is really top flight, so you are getting some high-quality high baseball. Now, it seems like a lot of teams are sending some of their top prospects to the Fall League, but there's also a lot of interesting stories. Do you think there's kind of one overarching reason why a guy would be sent to the Fall League by a major league club? Uh, no, I think there's a lot of reasons because I think you get you get players who are really close to the majors who want to who teams want to get a little extra work in so that they can compete for a roster spot in spring training. You get players who missed a lot of time for due to injury and they're trying to make up for that lost time. And then I think the other big reason is versatility. So maybe you've got someone. Uh, like the Indians, Francisco Mejia, who's a top catching prospect, but he's going to play some third base out here to maybe find a quicker path to the big leagues. So I think all, all sort of teams have different different ways they go about it and different things that people are here for. Yeah, and that kind of transitions into the couple of the Terps guys who are in the Arizona Fall League this year, one of them starting with Lamont Wade, a former outfielder for the Terps in the Minnesota Twins system. What have you seen from him so far down in Arizona? Well, uh, I just got back from his game, probably got back to my room about an hour ago. Um, looks good. Uh, slow start. Uh, he had an RBI hit today, but otherwise he's hitting right around 200 in the fall league. But obviously we just finished the first week. He's played in five games, a uh, small sample size, so I'm not putting anything in into his stats. Um, that'd be unfair, whether good or bad. He's probably not going to hit 150 and other players are not going to keep hitting 800 um but other otherwise he looks good he had a solid season a really good approach at the plate not a ton of power but that could come uh he's still fairly young i think we have him ranked number 17 on our twins prospects list so i mean there's a lot to like with him yeah and that's the thing that you know people talk a lot about lamont is he looks to maybe project as a corner outfielder right now but he doesn't really have the power he's more of an on-base guy do you think that would hinder him at all on his path to the big leagues uh, not necessarily uh i think if you're i think if you're still if you're a productive on base guy if you're getting on base um moving runners over hitting the ball gaps making consistent contact uh then i think teams will find a spot for you but since he's you're since he's not a power guy got to make sure to keep strikeout rates down and stuff like that when you're already you're already not a power guy you've got to make sure that you're good at everything else you can't you can't be not power guy and hitting 200 then there's just too many negatives stacked up and then the other guy the Terps have in the Arizona Fall League Brandon Lau second baseman in the Tampa Bay Rays system another guy who gets on base a lot I know he's already had at least four walks I think this week coming in to play at the beginning of the week. What have you seen from Lau so far? Exactly as you said, um, a couple couple walks, 
good approach to the plate. He kind of off to a slow start here offensively, but again, that's four games. He's hitting 222, but um, he's also adjusting to the advanced competition here um, as a you know, third-round pick in 2015. He started the year in the Class A advanced level, hit really well, uh, hit 311, got bumped up to Double A, where he only hit 253, but that was only over 24 games, so still adjusting to the Double A level. And I was talking to him the other day, actually, about that adjustment, and he was he was saying how he could he could tell you know that the pitchers were better and that they were locating better and the hitting was harder. And that that has continued into the Arizona Fall League, where you're facing top pitching prospects. But I think I think as he sees more advanced pitching, his his numbers will start to tick up. I think he has that ability in him. He's just getting used to being bumped up, which everyone does. Yeah, and the thing with Lau, despite being a pretty high draft pick, he's never been that wow you prospect. But he comes out this year and is the Florida State League Player of the Year. And did he kind of open some eyes? Because I know at the end of the year was named one of the top 10 second-base prospects in baseball. Yeah, definitely. I think part of it is he had a lot of a lot of injuries, uh, as you guys would know, in uh, college. So, he, so you know, coming into the draft and stuff, he didn't necessarily pop off the board. And, and like you said, he's one of those players that is solid. There's a lot of things really good, nothing really great. So you kind of ignore him, he kind of flies under the radar, and then all of a sudden because he does all those little things the right way, all of a sudden at the end of the year you kind of look at the numbers and you're like, whoa, this guy had a really solid year. Kind of where did he come from? So he's one of those guys that in large sample size really makes you pay attention to him. And then between Lau and Wade, you know, they were teammates, a part of a great 2014 and 2015 Maryland baseball teams, and now moving up both into A. Do you see both of them having paths to the major leagues that they could get there in the next couple of years? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think uh, Wade probably a little closer, uh, which I guess makes a little bit of sense. Um, I think just one there's more outfielders on a roster. Uh, you bat a little further along. I think he'll get there closer, but I do think both have a chance. Both have a chance to get there. And then finally, when you're looking at a guy, a guy like Lau who's just gotten a double A, or Wade who's basically playing his almost first full season in double a how much stock do you put into when a guy's in double a uh what the major league team has at that position compared to you know how soon that guy could make it to the major leagues i think it depends on the player and it depends on the organization uh as far as where they're at in terms of competing for a playoff spot or rebuilding uh, but definitely when you get to double A, it's definitely a time when you start looking and you see if their path is blocked or if they have a clear path, maybe if the path's blocked, maybe you're like, okay, this guy could be a trade asset because the major league team needs pitching or something like that. But I think this is about the time you either you do start looking and you either see what will happen or maybe if the guy's got a skill set, uh, you see what other positions he could possibly play, and you start thinking about that approach as well. All right. Uh, thanks, William. Thanks for coming on with us. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys.
Our thanks to William Bohr for taking the time to join us on this podcast to talk about some Terp alums and how they are faring this fall. And that will pretty much do it for our time here on the October edition and episode 42 of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. Special thanks to Taylor Bloom and once again, William Bohr for joining us on this episode of the pod. If you like all the stuff you're getting from us, give us a follow on Twitter for updates at MDBaseballNet. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash MDBaseballNet. Look at all our content at our website, MarylandBaseballNetwork.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it by searching Maryland Baseball Network in the iTunes store. As we've mentioned a few times, the Fall World Series is next week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. We don't have exact times yet for those games, somewhere around 2 o'clock, but we will keep you updated, and all coverage for all three games will be here on the Maryland Baseball Network. So, for Connor Newcomb, I'm Justin Galanti. So long, everyone.